this is really just part five of Pastor's message about the root system. Tonight we're going to talk about the branches. And I brought a branch. And sometimes... We think about that the title of this is Letting Go of the Dead Branches of Our Life. Sometimes we think that what we've done in the past is so terrible that even Jesus can't forgive it. And the devil likes to capitalize on those things that we continually go over in our mind what we should have, would have, could have, wished we had done, wished we had done better. And we have to let those things go. And I'm going to share with you tonight about how to let them go. You know, we can't change the past. We can't change it. But God can take the sting out of our painful memories and the mistakes that we've made, words spoken in anger, all those things, everything, actions done in selfishness, God can take the sting out of that for us. We have to just let it go, but it's like this branch. Sometimes we clutch on to these branches of the past. You know, when, when I got married in 2014, it was the best thing that I ever did. And um, then we moved from New England to Texas, and I was really happy. I love Texas. I love Texas. I'll never go back to New England. It doesn't matter what happens to you. Something happens to you, I'm not going back. I'm, I'm here forever. But... um. It was a big change for me because I, I wasn't near my daughter. I was about three hours away in Massachusetts. And, you know, you can drive three hours to get there. I mean, in three hours in Texas time is nothing. It's like down the street. But um, that's across the state in Massachusetts. And she was 25 in 2016. And, you know, we had to adjust with her, me being so far away. And I just kept thinking and thinking, about how happy I was and how she grew up in a home that wasn't happy. She had a dad who neglected his health to, you know, all of these, he had surgeries and all kinds of emergencies that were totally unnecessary, but he was just stubborn. And um, it affected her during her childhood years. We got divorced in her senior year in 2009. And I would just go back and think about the times I didn't pay attention to her and the things that I could have done to be better, and I, I just kept thinking about it, what I should have done, and, you know, here I am, I'm happy in Texas, and I can't, she can't share it with me, because she's up there, and I just felt guilty, because I had married, and I was happy, and I didn't feel like I deserved it, you know, after all the things that I had done to her, and my thoughts just kept running day after day like this. And I think God finally had had enough of me. And he said, why don't you be a better mother now? Why don't you be a better wife now? And I thought about it, and it's like, well, I don't know. Why don't I be a better person now? See, sometimes we look back, and it, it set me free that day. I got set free because... You know, I, I think so many times people get paralyzed with thinking about the past. And it's kind of a lazy thing because you're always thinking about the past that it, it just it paralyzes you for doing anything now. Because you're so much thinking about what you could have been and what a bad. And believe me, the devil just piles right on with that stuff. You give him a, a one thought and he'll just keep piling on the thoughts. You know, you could have done this different. Listen, if we could have gone back when we were teenagers or we were in our 20s, if we could go back, we'd make the same dumb mistakes that we made back then. So get it out of your mind, you would have done better. Because you wouldn't have done better. Why? Because you can't probably take the knowledge back. All right? Because now that we're older and wiser, I mean, I'm the baby in the room, I'm 64, and we're all older and wiser, aren't we? And we look back like, wow, you know, we could have done so much better, you know. Well, all right, so you can go back, but you can't take the knowledge that you've learned all these years to go back. So guess what? You make the same dumb mistake that you made the first time. 
So shake yourself loose from that. And I'm going to show you how very easily you can get free of that and have joy in your life and have peace in your life and get it restored and put those things in the past where they belong. And that's in the past. You know, I make better decisions now. And I can let go of these dead and unproductive branches. This is what those thoughts are, are just unproductive. This apple branch, or whatever branch it is, found it out there, and I've had it for weeks, just waiting for a time that I felt released to do this. This isn't going to produce a leaf. It's not going to produce fruit. And yet we hold on to our past memories like they're going to produce something different than the first time around. I could have. I should have. I wished I had. And you're holding on to this branch of dead stuff It's not going to produce. Why? Because it doesn't have any life in it. So we've got to let the things go from the past. It's okay to let them go. It's okay to drop them. God gave me this in John 15, verses 1 through 11. This is the English Standard Version. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Well, obviously, this is one that's been pruned. Why? Because it's never going to bear fruit again. The fruit on my branches is still attached to the vine. It's still in the taproot. But this one is unproductive. It's not going to produce anymore. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. See, we try to do something. We say, okay, I've got these memories. I feel so guilty. And we try to produce something off of this branch. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus has forgiven you of this branch. He's forgiven. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown in the fire, and burned. Just like our past is thrown in the fire. It's burned. It's over. For if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By, my, by, this is my, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in me, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will, also, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. You can have a full joy, even if you have bad memories from the past, by letting them go. You can let them go. You don't have to torment yourself already. The branches of the tree have to be cut to produce better fruit. We can't keep clutching on and holding on, because we're never going to go forward. Those branches, eventually, they create a wall between you and God. You have enough old memories, enough branches, that you're going to start feeling like a worm. And then, like I said, the devil, he's going to pile on. And he's going to bring up things you haven't thought about in years. Happened to me last week while I was preparing for this. And I said, oh, I said, that's ironic. I thought of something a long time ago. And I was wise to it. I said, no, I said, I'm sorry, that's under the blood. You need to leave now. Don't give it any air, don't give it any headspace. You know, they can't produce any fruit, and yet they try to hijack our memory. That's why he says, renew your mind daily. You can't just sit there. I sat and looked out a, a window at a beautiful palm tree for, I don't know how long, just dumbly, thinking about all the things that I could have done to make my daughter's life better. 
just sitting there when I could have been productive in a prayer time. You know, this stuff sucks the life out of your prayer time because you're just sitting there and you're mulling over. Am I talking to anybody tonight? I know it's not just me. But we hold them tightly. We just wish the consequences of our sins didn't affect somebody else. I felt bad because my ignorance influenced my daughter. But you know what? you got to think about it. Adam and Eve had perfect parents, and they didn't serve God. <laughs> they made some pretty bad errors, didn't they? So parents, you got to let it go. We understand that sin has consequences, and yet God is able to repair the damage and help us to make things right again. It's the consequences. It's not necessarily the sin. Sometimes we feel forgiven of the sin, but then we look at the consequences of it. There's natural consequences. I mean, obviously, there's natural things that we do, and then there's a consequence for it. There's spiritual consequences for it. But if we trust God and we give him these dead branches, he'll help us to get through those consequences, and he'll help those who have been hurt by us through those things. He'll help them, and he'll bring light to them, and he'll help them to be free too. But if we hold on to this, we hold the very people that we love, we hold them in bondage. And it does, it plays right into the hand of the devil. If we're feeling guilty and shame and condemnation, then we're holding the very people that we love in, in, in bondage too. We've got to release it. We've got to release it. We've got to expand our prayer life. We've got to have prayers of faith and not unbelief. How many prayers of unbelief have we prayed because we've been clutching on to past things? We meditate on it. We get stuck on it. You know, what could I have done differently? Well, what can you do differently now? That was the choice that God gave me. What can you do now? I can't do anything about anything that I've done. I can't do anything that I did this afternoon. I can't do anything about it. God is the only one that can help us to walk through, deal with the consequences, deal with the hurts, and deal with the pains. But we have to give God an opening. We have to give him permission. We have to stop holding our loved ones so tightly uh, against us, glued by the mistakes that we've made. Do you hear what I'm saying? We're, we glue them by the mistakes that we have made. Because we're not praying prayers of freedom, prayers of faith. We don't have joy. And then we got the devil just beating us up. And then we're just sitting there. I mean, I don't know how many months I wasted not having any joy. It wasn't affecting my daughter. I mean, outwardly, inwardly it was. But I mean, she was just living her life, whatever she was doing. So we're the ones that we hurt ourselves, and we do hurt our loved ones spiritually when we keep laying, when we keep holding on. You know, we think with the dead branches, we have to learn to live in the now, not in the past. It's not holy or honorable to keep repeating past mistakes. It's not holy to do that. Why, why on earth did Jesus come if we're continuing to beat ourselves up over things that we cannot change. That's why Jesus came. Yes. He came. He wanted to take those broken pieces and put them back together again. But we keep beating ourselves up. Oh, I, I wish I had done that. I wish I, well, no, we can't. Cannot undo. And the time that we spend in doing that just sucks the productivity out of it. It wears you out mentally. It wears you out physically. It makes you a lot crabbier. No, not you guys. That's just me, right? <laughs> but it's often easier to hold on than it is to go forward. This doesn't require anything from me. Look in Exodus 14. The Israelites were backed up against the Red Sea. They immediately began to accuse God of wanting them to die. How many of us have accused God after we have, we're holding on and holding on, then we start to accuse God? 
They said, you've led us out into the wilderness to die. Sometimes God leads us down an unfamiliar path, and we don't want to go, so we hold on to the past. Isn't it better to serve the Egyptians than to die? Isn't it better to hold on to these memories that we're familiar with? It's not better to hold on and keep beating yourself and allowing the enemy. What if they had gone back to Egypt? What do you think would have happened to them? Do you think the taskmasters would have been, oh, look at this, they're coming back. Well, hallelujah, how are y'all? Come on, let's go over, we'll have a good meal. They weren't going to do that. Do you think the devil's going to be happy if you backslide into his kingdom that he's going to be, yeah, come on in, we're real happy to see you. No, he's going to be worse. It's going to be worse for you, it's going to be worse for everybody. So the Israelites cried and cried and cried. And sometimes it's easier for us to cry and go back than it is for us to go forward in uncharted territory. Sometimes it feels almost unholy to let it go and have joy. You know what I'm so thankful about in this church is we don't know anything about anybody. Well, we do know some things about some people now that we've been here for like three and a half years or whatever. But we didn't know what anybody did ten years ago. See, we had the advantage when we came in. We didn't know nothing. And we were happy not to know nothing, too. Isn't it good not to know nothing? And that's how we have to treat everybody, like we don't know nothing about them. Isn't that true? Aren't you happier when you meet somebody and you don't know nothing about their past? You don't know nothing about my past. Just a little bit what you know after three and a half years and what I've shared with you. So much better than holding things against people because in a moment of weakness, in a moment of anger, in a moment of just total selfishness when they do things, and then they, it's held against them for the rest of their days. Let it go. The advice is let it go. And treat people like you don't know nothing about them. Faith moves forward. Unbelief keeps looking back. You're full of unbelief. If you can't let go of this branch tonight, you've got unbelief in your heart and you need to repent. Of course, we're going to have repentance anyways. We're going to have a little, little altar call later on where you can repent and get over with. The only way I got freed was by repentance. If you want freedom in anything, then you need to examine it and see where, what you need to repent of. Because Jesus paid it all. Either he paid it all, or he didn't pay it all. Did he pay it all for your freedom from guilt and shame? Yes, he did. From things that you wish you could have done different? Yes, he did. For the times you wished you had listened? Yes, he did. He paid it all. We become pet perpetual slaves to our past mistakes and we're robbed of blessings. Our joy suffers when we just continuously look at the past. We try to figure it out. Why would you try to figure the past out? Why do you try to figure out what you could have done differently? I'm asking from my experience. All right, so I figured it out. I still can't go back. I can only go forward. When he told, when God told Moses, what did he say? He said, why are you crying to me? Go forward. Stretch out your rod, which represents authority, and go forward. He didn't pat Moses on the back and go, oh, you poor thing. Look at that. That red sea is pretty big. Moses said, or God said to Moses, quit crying and go forward. So quit crying in your private time over the things you could have done. Go forward. You can leave it at the altar tonight. Just leave it. And you will have joy unspeakable. Now I've got to warn you though, it's going to feel funny, especially if you've been guilty for so long that it's like a familiar spirit. And you don't know, you know, what exactly is joy? Because I've been holding on to this branch for so long. I don't know how to feel joy. Well, it's uncharted territory. God says, come on, follow me. I'll show you joy. I'll show you peace. I'll show you all these things. Let go of the past. Let go of all those dead things and come and follow me. 
Psalm 84, 6 says, Who passing through the valley of Baca made it well. The rain also fills the pools. The valley of Baca is a valley of weeping. When we weep tears of unbelief for our past sins, the pool fills up and then it becomes stagnant. So we cry and we cry and we cry over the past. We look at our kids and they're not serving God. We look at our grandkids and they're not serving God. And we cry more tears of unbelief. Oh, if only I had done this different. If only I had done that different. But look at this. Tears of faith renew our spirits and create great strength and refreshment. I'd rather cry tears of faith. Have you ever had felt the presence of God so strongly you just start weeping? Because you don't know what else to do. It's like, God, I just love you. I'm so thankful for all that you've delivered me from. And you just start crying. Instead of regrets. Regrets, regrets, regrets. One one definition of regret is sorrow aroused by circumstances beyond your control or power to repair. Circumstances beyond your control or power to repair. It sounds to me like past. It sounds to me like a dead branch. It sounds to me like there's nothing we can do about it in our own power. It sounds to me like we have to give it to God. We can't repair the damage done by our past sins, but Jesus is able. He's able to take those consequences of drug use, of just neglect, of selfishness. He's able to take those consequences, and he's able to help us to walk through the path for total freedom for not only you but for your loved ones too and I'll prove it to you it says in Isaiah 53 3-5 he is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and we hid as if it were our faces from him he was despised and we esteemed him not surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And he didn't say, it says, he carried our sorrows. What was the definition of regret? Sorrow aroused by circumstances. He carried our regrets. Put that in your Bible. He carried our regrets. He carried the dead branches. He said, you don't, you can't carry that, but I will carry it for you. And we will work out the consequences, whatever it is. We'll work out the consequences. If you just come, let go of that past and follow me. We don't need to carry it. Jesus is strong enough. When Nicodemus met Jesus... Late one night, he asked Jesus, how can a man enter his mother's womb a second time and be born again? The answer is he cannot. How can a person go back and change what they've done? The answer is we cannot. We can't undo our past mistakes. D.L. Moody said this, no man gets into the kingdom of God until he gives up his own thoughts. We need to give up our own thoughts on how God is going to help us. We need relief from this. God says, let it go, and I'll give you the relief. See, we want to hold on to it. We want somehow that this is going to produce. If we just hold on, if we cry enough, if we just repent, and if we just do enough, then God is going to change things and everything's going to be all right. All of our kids are going to serve God. It'll be wonderful. And God said, no, just let go of it. And I'll work it out. The devil would like nothing more than to see you waste your precious time. Change your past. Jesus set you free. We sing that song, I'm so glad Jesus set me free. But he wants you, the devil wants you to be unproductive spiritually. Keep beating yourself up over things you can't change. It says in Micah 7.18, Who is a God like unto thee that pardons iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delights in mercy. We serve a merciful God. God's not mad at you because you made mistakes. We'll call them sins, okay, if you want to 
you want to upgrade. He's not mad at you because you were a sinner. We all share the same heritage. We were all sinners. So that means we have all made mistakes. We've all made, we've all done things out of ignorance. We've done things out of selfishness. We've done things out of pride. And when we went to the cross of Christ, he took all of that. We just read it. He carried our sorrows. He bore our griefs. By his stripes we are healed. It's time to let go of the past. It's time to serve God now and stop beating yourself up. It's not a holy thing. God paid for you. Listen in Joel 2.13. He says, don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. God's not mad at any one of us. He's a little frustrated if you keep beating yourself up over a dead thing. Because he said, my son's already paid the price. Why are you beating yourself up? Why are you saying, what, what, I wish I could have done that. Wish I could have. Why didn't I? It's not God's voice. Learn to recognize when you hear those things in your head. Shut it right off. Shut it down. And say, nope, I'm sorry. The blood's already paid for that. It's going to take a while for some of you, if you're so used to living in condemnation and shame and fear, it's going to take a while for you to actually feel that joy because you're going to have to do battle with your mind. But just say, I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And Satan, you're still defeated. Amen? He's still defeated. Jesus paid the entire price for us. Stop holding what you don't have to hold on. Listen in Colossians. It said, For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. That's Colossians 1, 19 and 20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to recon reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unprovable in his sight. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Jesus reconciled each and every one of us. He took every rotten thing that we've ever done in our lives. He took every one of them. He didn't reserve one and say, okay, you know, I'm going to take only 99 of them, but this one I want you to carry for the rest of your life because it was so bad. No, he took all of them. So it's time for you to let it go. In Colossians 2.13, he says, and you, being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh, as equipping together with him, having forgiven only 99 trespasses. No, all trespasses. Blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Every single thing that is dogging you mentally, every single thing that is making you feel like you're not worthy, every single thing that is keeping you awake at night, he took it and he nailed it to the cross. And, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. We can triumph because Jesus took all of these branches. He took them all away. We don't have to carry them. We can have the joy of the Lord. Do you know that Things like this that you carry can make you physically sick. If you carry them long enough, it can, it can affect your physical body as well. If Jesus can let go of our sins, shouldn't we be able to? I think we can. We can let go of the guilt. If he's already paid the price, 
if somebody's paid the price for you, let's say we do something, we go out and we all we all go out to a big banquet, and somebody's already paid the price. You're not going to stand there at the end of it at the cashier trying to pay it because they're going to say no, it's been paid. And it's like, well, no, I don't feel right. You know, I want to pay it. No, it's already been paid. So Jesus paid the price for you. You don't have to feel that way anymore. You can have joy. You can have peace. You can have everything that God said that you can have. How can we do that? Only true repentance can make you truly free. It says in 2 Corinthians 7, 9-11, As it is, I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved unto repenting. For you felt a godly grief, so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regrets, where worldly grief produces death. So some of you have just been grieving a worldly grief over these things, over those dead branches that are dogging you. But a godly grief produces freedom. For see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment. At every point you have proved yourself innocent in the matter. So what we have to do to get rid of these things that are dogging us is we need to repent. Repentance is the key. Repentance opens the door. Now, I know many have been sorry, but few understand true sorrow. Because if you understand true sorrow, then you, these things wouldn't be dogging you. And I'm not saying all of you don't understand true sorrow. But we have these little things that have been so bad that we hold on to them. And in those things, we have to learn true repentance. Jesus paid the price for all. I didn't have true godly sorrow until that day in my prayer room. And up until that time, the regrets, the sorrows over what I couldn't change. But I was never free from the guilt and the sin until I had godly repentance. You know, I was just, all I could think, kept thinking about was what I had done, how I could have done it differently, wished I had raised her differently. You know, wish, 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 wish. Worldly sorrow only brings remorse, despair, and constant torment because the world the worldly sorrow can't do anything for you. You know, Judas was sorry, but he went and hung himself. Peter was sorry, and he cried, and he had repentance, and he came up a changed man. Two different disciples, two different outcomes. Worldly sorrow keeps us in pride. I can do this myself, and unbelief. Jesus, it's so bad that even you can't cleanse me from it. I mean, can you imagine? That's what, that's what we're saying when we're holding on to these things, is that Jesus isn't big enough to take it away from us. If the things of the world could bring absolute cleansing, we'd only need to take a bath once and be done with it. But hopefully we all bathe more than once. Amen? We have to bathe pretty more often, like daily. Right? Or, you know, if you don't bathe daily, whatever. This is not hygiene. True sorrow over sin brings total cleansing once and for all because we're cleansed by the blood. Repentance can bring such joy. And it can just be to let go of these things that have dogged you in the past. You know, you just have to trust God because it's going to feel funny. It's like there's something missing. I should feel guilty and I don't. I mean, it's, it was so freeing that morning. I was all by myself. I, I don't know where you were. You were in your room, I guess. But it was so freeing. It was so freeing to repent and to let go and say, okay, you know, I didn't do things right, and Lord, I am sorry for it. Please forgive me. You know, even though you had forgiven me when I became born again, I specifically brought that up again. You know, forgive me for the way I raised Molly. And, you know, truth be told, I didn't do a bad job, Okay. But the devil sits there and he takes every single mistake so you don't even think that you did one thing good in your whole life 
because he's magnified every mistake to look larger than life. He magnifies it. And then you do, you know, you do one thing wrong. I mean, what about now? You do one thing wrong and it's like magnified. And you do 50 things right and there's not a peep out of the devil for all the things that you do right. You do one thing wrong and it's like, it's huge. So I just want to make that very clear here that I wasn't like a very bad parent, but I felt like a very bad parent because of one of the lies from the devil, listening to the devil, listening to his lies. And I'm sure if you start examining all the good things that you did for your children or your grandchildren or whatever, whatever the branch is that you're holding, if you start to look at it, you can see, yeah, I wasn't all that bad, but that's not what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about the sin that's binding us. Yes. True sorrow brings a total cleansing, and that's what we're going to do. The effect of proper repentance. This is what the effect is. Number one, we correct the wrong if possible. If you have to go back to your kid and apologize, correct it. You know, just, um, you know, Molly, I didn't do some things right and I want to, I want to apologize. It goes a long way. It's, it's a good bridge. So we correct the wrong if possible. We apologize to those we have wronged and we apologize to God because we've been carrying this thing. He's already forgiven us, but the, the apology to God is more for us than him. Because we tell God, we're going to let down that branch, and we're not picking it up again. And I just want to tell you, God, that I'm really sorry for my selfishness, my ignorance, my pride, whatever you've got to be sorry for. And God, I am sorry, and I please ask you to forgive me. So we have to apologize. Number three, we're no longer in love with our past sins. I want you to hate this branch enough to leave it here tonight. Just leave it. So we stop beating ourselves up unnecessarily. We don't have to beat ourselves up. Number four, the fear of God is restored so that we're not repeating the sin. In other words, it doesn't become a lifestyle of sinning and repenting. If you're in something now, you know, and, and you look around at the congregation, it almost seems, well, we have people that are younger and, you know, but anyways, you know, if you're sinning and you've repented, then stop sinning. Okay? If your thing is picking up, because there's people that won't forgive other people. Okay? There's people that have had things happen to them 20 years ago, and they refuse to forgive somebody else, and they're holding that. They're holding that sin. Because it's a sin not to forgive somebody else. For Just let it go. And if that's you, then stop. Just let it go, and then stop bringing it up to that other person. Don't, don't let it be a lifetime of sinning and repenting. Or if you go out and drink or whatever you do, just don't go out and drink, then come home and repent, and then go out next Saturday night and drink and repent. That's not repentance. That's the worldly repentance. Okay, and I think God has had enough of that stuff. Make up your mind that you're going to serve God. And the next thing is a renewed zeal for the work of the Lord is discovered. You've got fresh excitement because you have the joy of the Lord. You're not encumbered by all these things of the past. This spirit is so nasty, the one that keeps us bound in guilt and condemnation. I am going to preach about this every chance I get because I hate to see people bound the way I was bound with this. I don't like it. I don't like it when people are tied to their past mistakes. And I want to see you be free from that. You can be free because I know what joy it brought me that day. And then I know this week when it tried to come back and tried to bring up a whole fresh crop of stuff. And it's like, no, I'm studying on that this week. And I'm smarter than that now. And the blood of Jesus has defeated the devil. And he's taken all of my sins, 
all of your sins, all of the disappointment. He's taken it all. So why do we have to keep it? We'll have fresh answers to prayer when we get rid of these dead branches. And you'll feel a whole lot better. But it will feel funny, I have to admit. Okay? Getting rid of the guilt and the shame and the condemnation. It was like, because I've, I've always ministered on that. But that day, it was different. It was like, boom, it's gone. And you can notice it. It's like maybe when you have a tooth pulled or something that's bothering you. And it gets pulled out. And then you start feeling better. And it's like, boom, that's really gone. And that's the way I felt that day. And I could feel the joy. I could enjoy my husband. I could enjoy my life. I could enjoy my beautiful townhouse. I could enjoy the pool outside. I could enjoy everything and not have to feel that guilt and that shame. So I'm going to ask you, if you can come up to the... That's the song I wanted, was the healer. That was the third song. I just couldn't think of it this afternoon. But I did after I read that scripture. And we're going to bow our heads. If you want to come up to the altar, the altars are open. But I'm going to pray over you. Because this is a wicked thing. And it's got to, you've got to let go of those dead branches. Let go of these things that are hindering you. And live free. Amen? There's nothing like freedom. Oh, and I put him on the spot. Oh, we're going to pray. I'm sorry, dear. There you go. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we are thanking you. Father, we thank you for this ministry tonight. Father, we just take these dead branches, the things of the past, the Lord that we're trying to make our past different, Father, while we just neglect our, our, our now, we neglect our future. Father, we make decisions according to what we've done in the past to try to make up for the guilt and the shame that we feel. So, Father, we're just letting go of these branches. I'm going to break this branch in half. And when I break the branch in half, by faith, you can see your branch is gone. Amen? So I have to put this down. But we're just going to break it.
I, I couldn't gather all my, my sorrows and all my mistakes and all my problems. But I couldn't gather them all up and bring. No, you can't, but you can bring yourself. And just leave that behind us and let God take care of that. He'll annihilate you. Amen. Let's do it today. Would you do that if you could just come up here and just kind of just if you want to sit on the altar and just whatever for just a moment. All I'm free from the fear of tomorrow. I'm free from the guilt of the